Welcome to another episode of the Wrong Football Podcast. My name's Dan. I'm here with a very ill G, the editor of thewrongfootball.com, and we're here to talk all things American football again this week. You rang. <laughs> this week, it's, it's going to be another strange one, I'm afraid. Um, another uh, week where uh, where G's been all over the place. I've been all over the place. G can barely speak. So, uh, yeah, we're going to be uh, be going through the games, uh, and we're also going to check in again with uh, with Dan of the future to uh, talk about the Monday night game. Before we look, have a look through uh, the news, though, G, how are you, how are you doing? I think I know what the answer is going to be, but uh, how are you? I'm fine. I'd just like to um, welcome everybody to Late Night NFL with um, the whispering <laughs> G, or your analyst for the evening, and hoping that um, my lovely podcast producer, Dan, will be carrying the load for this um, podcast because I might struggle if I shout or um, carry on too much. Well, I will, I will certainly try. Well, uh, before we uh, look through the games, first thing we're going to do is uh, look at uh, the news, and very handily, seeing as we're recording this podcast early, and usually we miss uh, bits of news, usually news breaks just after we finish recording. Actually, this time it's just before we uh, we started recording it's the uh, it's concerning the giants the new york giants they're uh, they're not doing fantastically this uh, this season um they have uh, decided that this week was the uh, the week to uh, to well first of all to to give uh, eli manning uh, its chance to, uh, to to sit on a bench uh, and secondly, to uh, to, to fire the, uh, Ben McAdoo and uh, Jerry Reese, their, uh, their their head coach and their GM. So well, the, the the Giants are at uh, two and ten. Uh, they 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 lost last night, twenty four seventeen. What do you think? Do you think do you think this is a this is a strange time for this? It, it kind of feels a, a little bit like I can't see what diff, what good it's doing for them doing it now rather than at the end of the season. In one sense, to me, it always seems like a strange time in the NFL to fire people um, during the season because it's such a complex system and you have an offense in place that unless there's something really horribly going wrong, there's not a huge amount of change that you can actually do because there's only so much time in the week. Mm. The problem they've got is that Ben McAdoo has become such a story in the um, New York media and is making such a a mess of running this team that... I think it was just a case of having to step in. And as far as Reese is concerned, um, it's, it kind of feels strange for a GM who's been in charge for two Super Bowl wins. But uh, if you remember me saying when Tom Coughlin was fired a couple of seasons ago, that I thought there was more than a coach that was wrong with the Giants. And yeah. I never want to... I mean, these are two people who have just lost their jobs, and I'm always kind of antsy about some of the um, coverage you get with these things. But uh, I sort of feel a little bit vindicated because... Um, the problem for the Giants, as much as McAdoo's coaching and, and what's going on with the offense and how he's been handling the team, is that they haven't been able to build an offensive line for years. And Eli Manning may be not as good as he was in previous years, but he's certainly not helped by an incredibly porous um, offensive line. And the offense hasn't been running at all. They're 2-10, and 10, and I, I'm not surprised they hit the reset button. I'm slightly surprised they decided to clear house now. But at the end of the day... With all that's going on with McAdoo and, and and the reaction in New York to Eli Manning's benching, then you sort of can understand why maybe the owners felt they like they they had to step in. And bearing in mind that this is much like the Steelers, this is not a franchise that fires willy nilly uh, uh, and and takes lots of steps. They like to leave football guys to run football and stay in the background. Well, that's it. I mean, the the the, the GM. Um, uh, Jerry Reese was was responsible, kind of for for building the team that 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 got to the Super Bowl, weren't they? It's it's a it's it it. So they've they've obviously stuck with him for it for a long while, and 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 Ben McAdoo's been there for well a couple of years now. Yeah, but it feels like it's been quite a while since um, the Giants have had the depth of talent on roster that they had during those Super Bowl teams, mm. and even then you had sort of like a streaky offense. 
Um, Eli Manning got hot in the offseason and they had a ferocious pass rush. Um, they did a good job of renovating the defense last season through free agency, but the offense, uh, if anything, has got worse this season from last season. Now, in fairness, most teams that lose Odell Beckham would, you know, take a step back, but yeah. it, it's barely been functional and, and there have been obvious roster issues, I would say, on the Giants for a few seasons now. They have it. it. Kind of, it's it's for me. I think I've, I've referred to it before this season as a, as a bit of a one man team, but it certainly felt that way since certainly since um, Odell Beckham went. And that might work in um, football over here, where there's eleven players and and, and that's it. With maybe a yeah. couple of substitutes, it might even work for a little bit in basketball. It does not work in the NFL. You you no. know, you need a team, and this it doesn't feel like they've assembled a coherent team in 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 New York for this at the moment. No, you're right. Um, this was Ben McAdoo's first uh, first job as a, as a head coach. Do you think he's 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 done as a head coach? Do you think someone else will give him a chance? I feel like he's made. I would never say never, but it feels like he's made such a poor impression with this first go yeah. round. Yeah. Now it has to be said that a lot of coaches, when they really break through, is often their second job because they learn a lot through the first job, sort of like the first go, and they make a lot of mistakes. But this is also a guy who's never been a head coach at any level if you look no, at it no, back he worked um he worked up from an assistant in college assistant coaches he's not even been an offensive coordinator that long so you know he's young i think he's just in his early 40s so he's got time to go away mm. rehabilitate his um his reputation and, and and sort of work on it and maybe he'll get another go because we seem to get a lot of retro coaches but I, I suspect it might be a while given given the way he's handled a team and the head coaching aspect it and let's not forget that he's an offensive minded coach and this is his system that's also failed absolutely I mean yeah it's it, it doesn't look it doesn't look good it's not looked good all season but then again last season they were 11 and 5 so while they didn't finish finish top of the NFC East it was good enough to uh, to make the playoffs but yeah, bit a uh, bit disappointing for, uh, for for the blue half of uh, of New York. Yeah, very much. I, I think Big Blue are are taking really taking stock, and I, I think what really did for him was the benching of Eli. I, I yeah. think that was, and it's always difficult with with a franchise quarterback coming to the end of a the end of their career. But to 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 sit him for Geno Smith, never mind the young quarterback that they took last year that they might want to take a look at. The, you yeah. know, the fact that Geno Smith was the one who came out and you know didn't exactly set the world on fire, and from what I've been hearing the, the young quarterback they've taken has only been taking scout team reps and so isn't anywhere near being able to go in the game and see what you've got it, it just feels like a mess no that's it I mean it, it, sound, it sounds to me from what I've heard like like Eli might be might be back um, next week so yeah it, it, it kind of it kind of feels like that was a bit of a trigger if that is the case I wouldn't like to speculate to be honest um, I, I feel like it was it was. I think it was a trigger for McAdoo's firing but I, yeah. in all honesty I, I haven't read and seen enough of who's going to be taking over and what the plan is for the rest of the season and it is only Monday so I, I yeah. think we'll find out more as the week goes and we'll probably have you know listeners will probably have answers as, uh, One as the podcast us. hits yeah, yeah. <laughs> Listeners of the future to go with Dan of the future. Absolutely, yeah. Dan of the future might have a comment about this. We'll see. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, right with uh, with week thirteen pretty much in the books. It's time to uh, have a look back through the uh, the games again with a uh, little help from uh, from Dan of the future, who I'm sure will be uh, more than helpful on the uh, on the Monday night game. Uh, first game of the week was the uh, Washington Redskins and the Dallas Cowboys, uh, who met on Thursday night in one of the most disappointing colour rush uniform games I've seen. Uh, <laughs> 
Really? It, yeah, the, the the uniforms weren't uh, weren't as good as as most of the others, I'm afraid. Well, the Cowboys is a fairly plain white, and I think the Washington team obviously have backed out of their old yellow gear and went yeah. for the red, which was nice, but not exactly in the spirit of the thing. No, certainly not. Well, it ended up at uh, 38 points to 14, this one, uh, between the uh, the Cowboys and the Redskins. It was the Cowboys who came away with the win, and that puts them at, uh, at point five hundred for the uh, for the year, and that's... That's, I suppose, better than it, it looked like it, it could have been. I, I don't think many people would have would have picked the Cowboys to beat the Redskins this week. No, this was kind of like halting that slide of three games that, that they'd lost. Um, yeah. And actually, they looked a lot better. The um, offense struggled in the first quarter, but uh, managed to establish the run game and mm. got the pass game moving. We saw Des Bryant catch a couple of balls and... They managed to um, sort of start doing well, and on the defensive side, the pass rush that seemed to be missing and looked promising earlier in the year, you know, came back, and it does help when you go against a Washington line that is as beat up as, as, as in fact, the whole roster of Washington is pretty beat up. But yeah, the Cowboys actually won this game pretty handily in the end. They did, and it was a, uh, it, and it did, it didn't take much in terms of a, it, it, it was well, it was, it was a big running game, wasn't it, for the for the Cowboys? It didn't take, it didn't use much of uh, much in the air. No, very much. I mean, Alfred Morris ran for 127 yards on his own, and yeah. that Prescott only just got over 100 yards. I mean, I think he's still struggling just because he doesn't seem to have ever timed up with Des Bryant, and the it feels like Cole Beasley can do some things, and I've sort of been impressed with um, their number 83, who I'm blanking again uh, as their other receiver but has done quite well in the flashes, but they've not been able to be consistent. And Jason Witten is great and reliable, but he's certainly not going to open up the field for you. No, he's not. Um, on the other side, the, uh, the, the, the Washington Redskins, their, their O-line seems to be leaking a little bit. Four sacks in this one. That's mainly because they don't have an awful lot of starters. Um, That's pretty much it. Yeah, they've, they've just so banged up and injured, and um, they they sort of gritted it out. And you look at Kirk Cousins' performance, and actually, considering the pressure he was under, I didn't think he played played particularly badly. But this is just no. this is just one of those seasons for for Washington. It feels like there's just too many injuries. Uh, the overhaul in the receivers didn't really work. Uh, Sammy J. Perrin looks quite good, but you know, once he lost um, Chris Thompson for the season, it, it just felt like you know, there's just too many injuries. And one, once you get on the roll like that, you're pretty much done for. Yeah, absolutely. And um, well, the um, looking at the uh, the second game we're going to look at this week, it's the uh, the Falcons and the Vikings. Um, Vikings are the Vikings are, are, are pretty much they're, they're pretty much home and dry now. I think they're, they're ten and two. After this game, it was fourteen points to nine to the, to the Vikings. Uh, the Falcons have been 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 kind of they've been up and down for a lot of the season, but they 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 seem to. They, I think they won last week. I think they've been they seem to be uh, be, be sort of catching uh, sort of sort of catching some of the some of the form they were in back end of last season. But the, the Vikings are just are just looking great, and they? they they're generally starting slow, but but seem to be seem to be doing quite well as they get into the games. The Vikings um, are just playing overall really good football that's complimentary. They're not great at running the ball, but a bit yeah. like a team we might talk about when I talk about um, the um, coaching tape I looked at at the weekend. Mm. They run enough and well enough to establish um, the, the play action that they want to do. Case Keenum has really played well this season. And, you know, their offense is working well enough. And even when it isn't, that defense is really, really scary. And the Falcons... Um, there's been signs that they're improving, mm. but it's still not exactly the high-powered offense that we were seeing out of them last year. Now, 
some regression was to be expected because they had a phenomenal season last season. Uh, and obviously, losing your offensive coordinator when he's that good, um, you can understand why they've taken a step back. But I've been surprised at how much they've struggled. Yeah. Um, one thing that uh, that made me chuckle on the uh, looking at the, the the highlights of this one was uh, Jarrett McKinnon doing the uh, doing the dirty bird in uh, in, in Atlanta. He's from Atlanta, uh, and then he, he went and scored a uh, scored a. Uh, uh, a touchdown against them, and he's he's gone and done their own their own celebration. I, I feel like um, he'll be hearing from certain members of his family about that one, but I you can sort of understand right. why he died. Oh yeah, oh definitely, definitely. Um, do you think the um, the the Vikings just on a on a more kind of general note? Do you think the Vikings might be they, they could potentially be a, be in a little bit more trouble long term? Case Keenum and uh, and and Bridgewater are both going to be free agents at the end of this year. Um, no, because I think they're going to sign one of them. I think it'll yeah. be just interesting which one out of Keenum. I'm assuming Bradford's gone. I'm assuming it's between Bridgewater and, and Keenum, I'll confess, just because of the knee injuries with Bradford. I don't think, I don't so. think he's yeah. reliable enough. Although when he plays, he's very good. But um, I assume it's between those two. But um, I believe it's a cap space that they'll be able to sign one of them. And it's just a case of whether they're prepared to commit to Keenum off the back of the season, whether they think he's just a late developing quarterback and, and he can repeat this or or whether Bradford uh, sorry uh, Bridgewater is, is the better option going forward and that will be an interesting to watch just because I know there's a lot of love in the building for Teddy Bridgewater but coming back from his injury you can see why he's not playing yet yeah no absolutely you, you, you can break into that team well uh, yeah the uh, the Vikings as I say are, are pretty much home and dry and, uh, and, and have claimed their their spot in the uh, in the playoffs whereas the, the Falcons are the third in the NFC South behind the uh, the, the the Saints and the and the uh, Panthers so yeah not not looking great for them uh, to the, to this point uh, the Patriots are another one that looked like they've uh, they've pretty they're pretty much there as well the uh, they're ten and two after this one they played the uh, the Bills on Sunday night it was twenty three points to three the Bills um well they they suffered a bit of an injury didn't they Tyrod Taylor's uh, gone out ah you see now you're 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 in a bit of a head start with me I've watched some games <laughs> and not caught up with others and caught up with news um. He, he didn't look great when he when he was playing, and then when he when he uh, yeah he, he ended up with an injury. I don't know what the injury is, I must say, but uh, he, he he had to go off and, uh, and Peterman came back on. Well, give me a second, and I will look up the um, injury. But <laughs> I, I'm to be honest, I don't think it's going to have made a huge difference in this game, just because the Patriots are uh, 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 um, playing really well. Yeah, and you know Tom Brady is playing off, and it's a knee injury. Um, hopefully a major, avoided a major one but and they could be leaving that David Peterman uh, life for a little while and I think that you know is going to limit their options for going into the playoffs yeah um, one player who had a, a, a kind of bit of an up and down game was Rob Gronkowski he's got he got himself 147 receiving yards but he also uh, went in quite hard on, uh, on one of the one of the uh, the, the uh, Buffalo defenders and, uh, and concussed him didn't he well, I, I feel like you're underplaying it a little bit because from the reports I've read, he basically elbow dropped him. He pretty much, yeah. He, he went in very late and, and he, he, yeah, just kind of almost just dived on him. And so I suspect that there could be a suspension for Gronk coming um, off off that off the um, review of that because that doesn't sound um, at all good. No, I think you're right. I, I was I was watching a a, a video at uh, on my lunch today where where they were they were debating whether whether if if AJ Green didn't get a a a, um, a suspension for for his misdemeanors earlier in the year, should Gronkowski get on for this? But I think uh, yeah, this one's slightly different. This this one concussed the, uh, the, the 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 bill who he hit. 
Yeah, and it was a cheap shot out of uh, out of bounds. And yeah. I, I'm not going to defend AJ Green because you know he did choke slam um, a, a very mouthy corner, but um, it it was it was sort of like they dealt with it on the field, and, and yeah. it wouldn't necessarily surprise me if he'd got a suspension. But this one, where it's you know basically an unprovoked attack, I'm, I'm feeling that, that the optics of it is going to tip it over the edge. Yeah, just uh, just kind of. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't uh, doesn't feel good for, uh, for for Granada. It's kind of out of out of character, I think, for Concussion, especially seeing as they're doing so well. So they haven't even got the they can't even say that it's frustration. Yeah, he, I think he's already coming out and apologised. Yeah, you know, I think the the Bills players are pretty steaming, and uh, I'm, I'll be interested to see. Um, yeah, what what the fallout of of that is, if any. Yeah, I believe Belichick uh, actually actually uh, apologised to, to Sean McDermott at the end of the game when he was uh, when he was shaking hands in the middle. So that kind of goes and says something, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's not great. And I'm just looking up whether they have to play him again. And in fact, they do in week 16. Yes, so that could be interesting. Yeah, there'll be a, uh, yeah, be a, I think it probably will be. But uh, yeah, I think that at 10 and 2, um, closest behind them is the, the, the Bills on ten on 6 and 6. I, I can't see anything other than the, uh, the the Patriots running away with that uh, AFC East in the uh, in the final coming weeks, you're pretty much. I think it's something like ninety four percent of teams yeah. with ten wins get to the um, playoffs. So you know, I, I'm fairly certain the Patriots are running out in your division. I'm afraid. I think you're right. Well, uh, two teams with not quite as many uh, as many wins as that. Uh, not anywhere near even between them uh, is the uh, the Bears and the Forty Nine ers. They met on Sunday night. It was fifteen points to fourteen to the San Francisco Forty Nine ers. Just one point in it, and it was uh, yeah, it, it was it was. Dominated by kickers, but it was. Uh, but I suppose uh, well, it was Garoppolo's first uh, first game as a starter, wasn't it? Yeah, and I'm I'm slightly worried about me as a person because you know, I'm really tempted as this is my next um, piece of coaching tape, and that would be like three offenses Ooh. in a row. Uh, but, also, that would mean you sitting and watching the the Forty Nineers offense for a game. Yeah, but Jimmy Garoppolo um, <laughs> apparently looked pretty good. He didn't throw for an interception, and they were having problems in the red zone. But he moved well, the ball well. He threw yeah. for um, nearly three hundred yards, and you know there's already people talking about you know we found our franchise quarterback. It looks like he's learned from Tom Brady, and I, I'm just I'm I'm kind of curious to see how he did. Mm. Well, it's, a, it's a, would be I suppose a, a a pretty good one to look at. The, on, on the other side of the ball, the the, uh, the Bears didn't get. Didn't get a hell of a lot of the ball. They only they only attempted fifteen uh, fifteen passes, and it was about some something along the lines of about twenty twenty runs. So they didn't get a, a huge amount of uh, of play. Yeah, I mean, it, it, nineteen carries for sixty two yards, twelve for fifteen. But we're sort of all used to um, Trubisky being limited. And if you remember, I think he threw four passes in a win or four yeah. completions out of seven passes earlier in the season yeah, I mean this, it just feels like this offence is broken and it just feels like a strange tactic because I can't think that if that's what's happening on offence unless Fox makes some major promises and, and you know gets a new coordinator or something I don't see how the mm. Bears can keep him on for next year because you've got this young promising quarterback and they don't appear to be doing that much with him and I say promising I've heard various reports on actual how much talent and promise there is, but you need to find out what you've got there. And if you're having to limit him that much, that doesn't exactly bode well. No. That being said, the uh, the Bears were leading for well a, a hell of a lot of the game. They they only uh, only the, the winning points came with uh, with four four seconds left to go from a, from a kick. Yeah, I mean the problem is that that's their formula is to you know yeah. try and control the clock on offense and um, play good defense, and that will get you so far. But they don't have the running game 
of, say, a Jaguars to, to, to be really successful. And to be honest, even with a, a team like the Jaguars, and I'm sure we'll come to them in a minute, you know, there are limits to how much you can win with that football. Yeah, no, you're, you're spot on. So uh, Unless you're the Baltimore Ravens, of course, but we'll get well, to them as well. Well, yeah, good, good, good point. Uh, well, that's uh, both of those teams are uh, kind of languishing at the bottom of their uh, their divisions. Can't see them uh, getting uh, even even making a move up the uh, the division, let alone uh, to any, anywhere towards uh, towards postseason. In fact, I think they're both pretty much out of it now. So uh, I, I yeah. would say so, but I, I do feel like the Forty Nineers fans will actually finally be happy. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that you know, as long as they can re-sign Garoppolo, I think they yeah. might feel good for what might happen it, next season. It's looking positive for the future, isn't it? For uh, at, least, at least the first green shoots of recovery. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, the uh, the Miami Dolphins uh, got their uh, got their got a win this week. It's, uh, it's it's been a long while since we've uh, we've won. It was five games without a, uh, a win for the Dolphins and seven uh, for the Broncos without a win going into this one. So something was going to give, and uh, as it happened, the Dolphins got the uh, the win, thirty five points to nine. Um, it was uh, the the game was bookended with a safety at each end. Two safeties, double Two safeties, safeties for the a Dolphins. safety of safeties, even. Yes, you could say a safety of safeties. I mean, you know, I'd be singing, but oh, nobody wants to hear that at, at this week, um, especially not with that voice. No. no. Um, <laughs> the interesting thing for me about this was the um, what's your take on Adam Gase going for uh, a the onside, onside kick. kick? Yeah, he was well. Well, just to to, to kind of paint the picture with uh, it, we were thirty three nine up uh, with ten. Just over ten minutes to go in the uh, in the fourth quarter, uh, and they they went for a went for an onside kick, which didn't they didn't win, but uh, it's quite. A, I think I've seen both. I've, I've seen the uh, the Bronco. Obviously, he's a former Broncos. He, he was at the Broncos previously. I have seen some people say some. Uh, it's kind of been split by the looks of things between their defense and offense. And now they've been viewing it. Their defense, the Broncos' defense, seems to be mad and saying this is this is not on. But we think it's because he must have obviously been, been there must have been something there when he when he was let go from the Broncos. The offense is saying, "Yep, that's Adam Gase. He's a he's a he smells blood in the water, and he just he wants to wants to win and and, and embarrass you doing it." And uh, yeah, he certainly tried to do that. Yeah, I mean that was sort of the bits that I saw, and I, I just wonder as a fan, are you like slightly worried that that karma might come back and bite you at some point? Poss- or that- poss- possibly, but I think I think it's. Uh, <laughs> I think he needs to limit where he does it. I think, um, I think uh, doing it against the against the the Broncos when you when you're that far up is one thing, and that late in the game doing it against somebody else. Like if we were to do it against the Patriots next week, for example, if we were I don't know a, f- a few points up, I think that would come back and bite us. See, here's the thing for me: it's not so much. <sighs> It's not much so much that he did it against the Broncos. If there's you know something going on with the Broncos, is that he did it at all when he's five and seven? And I'm all for enjoying playing well, but I and I, I'm just not sure that it's you, you know you've got to show the right focus and the right attempts. And I, I'd certainly be talking to him if I was the owner of the next week, just to try and find his mindset and say, look, you know, it's one thing to beat a team and it's one thing to keep playing and score lots of points, but you know, let's maybe not. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that feels just like maybe a slight step too far. I'm not saying you shouldn't stop running your offense and scoring points. You know, this is a professional game. It's not like there's a mercy rule, but mm. I, I I might have a little bit of concern about that. Mm. It was a good day for the uh, for the Dolphins' defense. Three uh, three interceptions. Uh, they got a they, they, a couple of uh, I think was it a couple? I can't remember if it was two, one or two um, defensive touchdowns. But uh, yeah, good good day for the um, for the for the D. 
Yeah, and um, Trevor Simeon um, declined from the start of the season where he looked quite mm. promising, and now you know we've been mixing and matching with with um, quarterbacks, and yeah. it just all seems to have gone horribly wrong for the, for Denver in that offense. And so, um, yeah, the season continues to fall apart, and you just wonder what John Elway is going to do in the off season. You do. I mean, he's he he looked particularly poor last night. I must say, he was uh, he didn't he didn't look very good at all. Uh, in, in that game, and I think the I think the stats kind of show that as well. So, yeah, not uh, not a good one for them. Um, just very quickly before I move on, because I, I don't want to spend too long talking about the Dolphins and look too one sided. But uh, Kenyon Drake was a uh, was one one very big positive. He had his first uh, first uh, over two and uh, sorry over one hundred yard game of his of his career. Yeah, and would he have been helped by the fact that wasn't um, Damian Williams injured and so he basically was, yeah. Kenyon Drake had to carry the ball they couldn't do the, the dual black back thing but yeah that's yeah. certainly um, a good sign for you going forward yeah it's, that's it certainly needs uh, needed a, a bit of a needed a bit of a um, good sign on the uh, on, on, on the running side of things because it's not been uh, and it's, particularly plain yeah. sailing <laughs> and it's hard to tell from the numbers whether it was good Jay Cutler or bad Jay Cutler or were a mixture of the two laugh, uh, a mixture in, of the two I would go with I'm, yeah mixture of the two that yeah. sounds pretty much much for this season doesn't it yeah it does yeah um, well, the uh, the Ravens and the Lions uh, also met on Sunday night. Uh, Baltimore Ravens we've touched on already in terms of, uh, of how they've been looking. The seven and five uh, after this uh, after this one. Detroit Lions are six and six. The Ravens got this uh, got the win on this one, forty four points to twenty. Um, the Ravens. Uh, what, what, do you, what do you think? What do you make of the Ravens so far? They are like the most Ravens team ever because they are very <laughs> injured, and that seems to have been happened a lot of the last couple of seasons. Yeah, where going into this week, they were number one in DVOA in defense. Yeah, they were number one in DVOA in special teams, and about twenty sixth in offense. Mm. And that's pretty. I mean, the offense. We've been talking for a while about how a combination of Joe Facco's play and his contract has been hampering them. And they've yeah. basically have one of the most reliable kickers, who I'm sure is a big favourite of yours, given how much you love kickers. Of course, yes. in the game, and basically the combination of you know a kicker who's basically reliable even over fifty, and a stifling defence has been enough for them to win games. And they've pitched three shutouts, admittedly against um, sort of um, less quarterbacks, and they just had enough in this one. Is it three shutouts for them now? They've had three shutouts this season. Wow. That's uh, that's that's some some stat. There's, it's not it's not uh, you don't get a lot of shutouts in a season usually. Yeah, they um, shut out the Bengals in week one. Um, they did it against Dolphins. the Dolphins. Yeah, and they did it against the Packers. Yeah, yeah. Been, it, admittedly, it? the Packers was with um, Hunley rather than um, yeah. Rather than Rogers, and but you can only do what what's put in front of front of you. And the fact of the matter is, it's not easy to even do. You know, even against a backup quarterback, that's pretty hard to do. Of course, um, Joe Flacco's looked not too bad this year, has he? He's uh, he had another pretty 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 consistent game this this week. I've, I'd say he's pretty consistently been awful, to be honest. Um, they've been really struggling on offense, and he's not been in what I've he's seen. He's not horrendous, but he he's not had consistent play they've not had consistently great figures I'm now <laughs> going to be looking up um, because I'm, I'm in the wrong week now because I was chasing down that stuff <laughs> in Baltimore so um, I need to get, get go back and get you the season figures but um, completion rec- rate, um, record of um, 65.1 11 touchdowns 11 interceptions it, it's just over 2,000 yards pretty average it, 
I'm yeah, pretty average. And considering that you know they're paying him um, quarterback who won won the Super Bowl and was meant to be mm. you know very cool under pressure and and do it in the big games. He it's, there's more going wrong with him just because you know they've had injuries on the line. They've not really been able to run the ball as effectively as they would like. It's it's not been uh, an impressive season. And I'll be interested to see what they do for, with him in the next couple of years, as he is 32 already. Yeah, well, that's it. Uh, Lions are uh, one of those teams that I suppose, given their depending on how they how they do, they could they could nick one of the wild card spots. It'd be, be a bit difficult for them. But what do you think to the uh, to the Lions? Their their defense has played tough. Matthew Stafford's playing okay, but the offense just doesn't seem to be working quite so well for Jim Bob Cooter and I've been a big fan ever since he took over that offence but this season it's just they don't seem to be able to quite run the ball as effectively and when I've seen them it's been a case of both Gonte and Marvin Jones having to make you know quite spectacular plays and it's just not quite clicking No um, well, Moving on to, uh, to the next game we'll uh, have a look at the, uh, the, the, the Buccaneers and the Packers uh, Tampa Bay and Green Bay the, the Battle of the Bays I suppose you could say um, was uh, 26 points to 20 this one it needed overtime to separate these two teams the Packers came away with a win uh, and are, are now on 6-6 uh, on six and six. That's, an, that's another win for, for, for Hundley yeah, and I mean, if you look at his um, figures, they're, they're not, not great. impressive. No. <laughs> 30 for 22, um, a passer rating of 48, yeah, 48.3. Yeah. Um, yeah. Jamal Williams ran for over 100 yards. They and they got Yeah, and they got the job done against the Buccaneers team that we've talked a lot about um, how they were going to do. And they've just, they've been a real disappointment this season. And it feels like, Something's not quite working. Obviously, James Winston's been injured. Um, it's the curse of hard knocks. Yeah, that, I'm never quite sure how much of that is a real curse and how hey, much of that is is the, that they go to, something something to it. I'm telling you, I think it's something to do with the fact that, it, that you're trying to get like an interesting franchise on the corner. You know, you, you know, for, for that kind of player. I think it. I think it is. I don't think it's so much a curse as just if you're trying to find an interesting team for training camp. I'm not sure how it, how interesting it would be except to us real football nerds, to watch Tom Brady, you know, shout at um, receivers and just metronomically, you know, make passes. That'd be quite interesting. Yeah, I'd find it fascinating, but I wonder about <laughs> the wider football yeah. public, you might, whether yeah. they would be interested in that, and whether, and I get the feeling that, you know, basically over Belichick's dead body or, you know, they would have to, you know, have something enormous over the Patriots for them to let it to happen because he doesn't want to give the media anything. So could you imagine him letting the hard knock cameras in? Oh, absolutely not. Yeah, absolutely not. Not anywhere near. Um, I could imagine. I would imagine they 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 would build a wall around the uh, around the around the whole of New England. I almost want the league than... to foist it on him now just to watch because <laughs> I just think it would be hilarious. Well, for after after a few years, they'll be going right. You're the only one left. Come on, we've got. <laughs> You've got to let us in. Um, well, the Bengals have done it twice, so you know I'm not sure if they, you know he could probably yeah. hold out for at least another twenty odd yeah, years. Yeah, probably a while. Yeah, run out of teams. Yeah, um, Packers though. Uh, yeah, got the uh, got got the win on this one, and uh, yeah, they they kind of needed that, didn't they? Yeah, they need to sort of run the table yeah. to get to ten wins, which is like the magic thing figure. But yeah. if they can just you know keep themselves vaguely in the hunt until Aaron Rodgers can get back. Um, we'll just have to see if if they can pull off a miracle. But um, have you heard anything about him coming back? Well, the interesting thing is, there's some people complaining that he shouldn't have gone on IR because that limits the. You know, I think you have to be on on IR for at least six weeks. So I think the first day he could practice is like 
is like a Saturday coming up or something. So right. I think we might be missing him another week. But it sounds like, you know, he's throwing the ball already. And, and I think there are some players muttering that, you know, he, he doesn't look very far away. Yeah. Um, the Texans and the Titans uh, also met on Sunday. It was, uh, it was 24 points to 13 to the Tennessee Titans. Um, the Titans are quietly looking, they're, they're quietly putting together a pretty, pretty good season, aren't they? Yeah, they're sort of getting it done, but getting it done ugly. And I've yeah. heard some people talking about the fact that this was possibly one of my luckier pickups um, in terms of covering a point spread <laughs> in the week. Because, you know, up until very late on in the game, it did not look as if the um, Titans were going to cover that line. But no. it feels, I'm not sure quite what's going on with Mariota. But it doesn't feel like he's made the step that I was necessarily expecting him to. No. But they're doing enough. Yeah, they're 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 a funny one. The the, the Titans. I mean, the, I think I think the problem with the, the problem that the that the um, the Texans have got is they they themselves are quite broken, aren't they, in terms of injuries and that kind of thing? Yeah, I mean, and I'm slightly uh, or dubious, or I've been hearing dubious things about Tom Savage and his um, concussion check in oh, this right. game as well. Um, but yeah, the the Texans have been. <sighs> Between losing Deshaun Watson, having finally found him, and losing the players on defense, it, it feels like you know anything at the moment they get is just their fans are sad about what's going on. But I think there's just a great level of hope for next season and yeah. if they can get everybody healthy. I hadn't heard anything about that concussion protocol from Tom Savage. Yeah, he was um, took a nasty knock apparently and was taken off to a blue tent and checked over and, and uh, only a couple of minutes later was suddenly mm. back out on the field and there were some people dubious about um, how quick the percussion percussion, percussion. how quickly he was back in the concussion <laughs> protocol yeah I did say percussion you'll need to do some editing to stop me making looking like an idiot or just leave it in and people will know percussion um, protocol yeah from yes. a drummer yeah, absolutely. You know, we shall, if you can form a paradiddle and a flammadiddle, then you've not been hit on the head too hard. Fair enough. <laughs> Moving on, uh, the Jaguars and the Colts. Uh, it was uh, it was thirty points to ten uh, to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Another one that they were eight and four. They were one of those teams that, like, like I say, last week you dubbed as uh, as one of the, the turnaround three. Um, they've continued it this week, so they're, they're looking pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I'm quite. <sighs> The thing that worries me about Jacksonville is that I think that they keep going to do this in through the regular season, and it feels like that you know they've made the step that the team wanted, and they look like they're going to get in the playoffs. But it does feel like with Blake Bortles as their quarterback, that um, when it gets to playoff time and they have to face a good team, mm. that being able to play great defense and run the ball, if that's all you can do, is going to get them into trouble if they come up against one of the higher-flying teams, uh, and I'm thinking basically the Steelers and the Patriots at this point um, in the AFC. Yeah, who've, who, do you know who they've got in the in the remaining games? Have they got anyone coming up that you think might struggle against? I don't know, but why don't we have a look? Why don't because we have a look? We're doing this free-form review, which is, yes said he, because um, they've got the Tennessee Titans in their final game, and, and I'm not sure that's definitely a huge test, but that's definitely going to be one that they might struggle with. But next week, they um, welcome the Seattle Seahawks, who, Ooh. even with their injuries, has um, seems to be still playing pretty well. And yeah, that will be, I think that will be a very interesting game. It, it, it certainly will be. Just to, just to jump back um, slightly, uh, I've just seen... Uh, come through uh, the Rob Gronkowski we were also just uh, talking about him he has yep. been suspended for one game for that uh, that hit on, on uh, Tredavious White and of the uh, of the Bills on, on Sunday so 
we won't be seeing him this week uh, against the Dolphins. That was impressively quick. I mean, I think I c- correctly predicted the Crabtree um, <laughs> a- and Talib suspensions, and, and, and we're at it again. I'm, I can't say I'm surprised. No, that's it. Um, one thing that did surprise me a little was the uh, the Jets. Uh, they beat the Chiefs on Sunday night. It was thirty eight points to thirty one. Um, I I must say I thought the uh, I thought the Chiefs were going to uh, were going to come away with a win on this. I thought they. I was expecting them to to yeah. I thought they'd probably win, but I was not at all convinced they were going to cover that line. Yeah. And it turns out that they couldn't even win. And the Chiefs seem to be in full on. We can't get our offense going, and it's just not quite working out. Meanwhile, the Jets are still doing what the Jets have done all season and battling, making it tough for teams, mm. and getting wins here that you wouldn't necessarily expect. They were kind of dominated. They only had, only had uh, only ended up with seventeen minutes of, uh, of offensive play. Yeah, I, um, not great. No, not great at all. But the defense held up enough, and they did enough with those offensive plays to. Um, get themselves win and I think that's sort of um, it it's sort of speaks to the problem that the Kansas City Chiefs have which is that the defence mm. can't get the turnovers as well as stopping teams did you see um, there was a bit of uh, I suppose a bit of uh, frustration came out towards the end did you see Marcus Peters uh, of the Chiefs threw a, with about with about four minutes left to, to go he got flagged and he picked the flag up and threw it into the crowd Yes, and um, I think my favourite comment about this was somebody commenting that so this happened and, and the referee involved therefore had to throw his hat, hat. as a secondary yes, did, penalty yeah. Yeah. And, and they just desperately wanted Peters to pick up the hat and throw that into the crowd as well. <laughs> uh, and then he basically ejected himself, I believe. Yeah, he kind of ran down the uh, ran down the tunnel and only for someone to chase him and go, no, they've not actually ejected you. Come back, please. It, um, it, <laughs> I, he came, I back imagine... with, came back with no socks on, apparently. Yeah, I think Andy Reid might have one or two things to say about, about this. Um, it feels like it feels was, like an Alan Partridge style breakdown, doesn't it? it uh, yeah, I, I don't know whether <laughs> he has gone ho- gone to the team hotel and dismantled the Corby trouser press, but um, <laughs> um, I'm sorry, I've made myself giggle now. Um, I think Andy Reid, apart from facing some questions from the press, will have to sit down and work with both his coaches and Peters himself because, apart from it sort of seems funny at the outset, but you know this is a professional football team, and you can't afford to be losing players, or, you know, or having them that distracted. They've got to be able to contain and stay focused. That's it. Um, well, the, uh, the the Kansas City Chiefs, strangely, are they're they're still top of their uh, of, the, of the AFC West. This that's that seems to be the division this year that nobody wants to win. Uh, there's three teams: them, the Raiders, and the Chargers, uh, all on uh, six and six. Uh, go after after this week, so uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that uh, that particular division plays out for the uh, for the for the rest of the year. I actually fancy a team in that. I do think there is a team who wants to win it. They just got off to a horrific start. We should cover them in a bit. <laughs> uh, well, the uh, the LA Chargers um, are the, uh, the 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 next one we're going to uh, we're going to have a look at from uh, from that division. It's the LA Chargers uh, played the uh, the hapless Cleveland Browns. They won nineteen points to ten. Um, it's. Uh, are the Browns going to get any wins this this year? I, I as we've said, um, we keep looking at their record and we keep wondering if they're going to win. And if you look at the teams they've got left, uh, the Packers with Brett Hundley, yeah. well, you wouldn't be sure about that. Ravens, um, Baltimore Ravens, I, I would doubt it. <sighs> Chicago Bears, Bears is possible. Is a possible, but their defense has been playing pretty well. 
and I suppose they might squeak it out against the Steelers if they've got nothing to play for in, in week 17 but you know it's a divisional game and, and yeah. it, I mean there are Browns fans already um, sort of you know there's a 0-16 celebration parade being planned and a <laughs> website up and they're sort of trying to lean into it I think as a way of, of sort of staving off dealing. and dealing with it but yeah it yeah. does it feels hard to predict because we've only had one before but they stand. It does look like we could be heading that way. Um, on the other side, though, the uh, the, the Chargers—they're they're, um, uh, probably looking better than a lot of people would have maybe thought they would this year. Um, they are this, they're looking better than I thought they would be. Anyway, they seem to be coping with the move to Los Angeles, despite the disaster that seems to be their home games. Mm. And if anything, I'm wondering if they're playing better on the road. You know, where at least it feels like a normal football game because you've got everybody shouting against you. Yeah. But I think they're rounding into form at the right time. If you look at how they've been playing in recent weeks, they played very well on the road and beat um, beat the Cowboys. They've won three games straight. Um, after that horrible over four loss, you know they stand a chance in the, in the um, division. They've got to go against Washington next week, who are very beat up. Um, they've got the Chiefs, Jets, and, and, and the Raiders. You know, it really does feel like if they they have their own destiny in their hands, and, yeah. and, and if anything, they feel like the team that are coming with momentum towards the end of the season. I, I, I suppose, though, out of that uh, that AFC West, the team you uh, you thought that, uh, that that maybe would want to win it is the Oakland Raiders. No, I, no? I was actually looking at the Chargers. Oh, I'm sitting you? there thinking, I, I genuinely think that from, from where they've started, they have de- definitively improved. It's a first-year head coach, and um, it feels like if anybody has the form, it's them. But we can go on to the Raiders if you would like. We, well, let's, well, let's have a look at them. Thank you for nearly ruining and then saving my segue. Um, <laughs> Not at all, sir. <laughs> the, uh, the Raiders and the Giants. We've kind of touched on the Giants already in this uh, this week. Uh, but the Raiders uh, beat the Giants by 24 points to 17. Um, like we mentioned, it was Geno Smith's first game. I can't imagine he thought he was going to get many uh, get any any games as a, as a starter this year. But uh, yeah, he did. He did get one this. He got one this week. Yeah, but I mean, the Giants have been struggling because they have very little offensive line and the skills players have, have not really worked. And the problem you've got is that the Oakland Raiders defence has been pretty woeful this season. Yeah. And so even if he comes in and he sort of got sacked three times but didn't turn the ball over through for a couple of hundred yards, but what does that really tell you? Yeah. I mean, it's... Yeah. It, it, I mean, it, it'll it, be useful for the coaches because they will go to the coaching tape and, you know, if I'm punishing myself with the Giants, I'm not going to go look at Geno Smith against no, the I Raiders defence. I wouldn't you know, if I was you. So you know, it's I shouldn't be too harsh because you know the numbers aren't that bad. But at the end of the day, this given the way the season's gone, you know we can't really take too much I think away from the Raiders winning this one either. No, but there was plenty. Of, there was plenty of, uh, of quarterbacks this week that had uh, had worse stats than the, the Geno Smith. I must say, very definitely. And I think the thing that we should um, commend the Raiders for is they were missing their starting top two receivers. Mm. And um, Derek Carr still for 250 yards, and Marshall Leach ran for 100 yards, and they got the team the, the win against the team that, that they should have beat this season. And so maybe I'm being a little harsh, but um, they do feel very up and down at the moment, and that all is not quite right. 
Yeah, puts the uh, the Giants at two and ten, and obviously with their uh, with their with their with their coming upcoming changes at, uh, at GM and head coach, it uh, could be a could be an interesting final couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, it feels like a season that's going to peter out because um, the players will be playing for their careers in the future, you know, and, and what either staying there and, and, and improving or you know putting on tape to hoping for a better situation next season, but. Yeah. It's gonna. It's gonna be hard to get yourself up for a lost season. It will. Um, Cardinals and the Rams. Now the Rams are the uh, the, the the very uh, embodiment of someone who, who's uh, who's brought themselves up from a from a, uh, a, a, a poor season last season. They won this one by thirty po- thirty two points to sixteen. They're nine and three. They're they're top. I believe top of their division. I think they're top of their, they're top of their division, aren't they? It's. Yeah, the nine and nine and three top of the NFC West uh, Seahawks are at eight and four behind them. It's looking good for the Rams, isn't it? Yeah, it's and it sort of feels like this is a game that we now expect them to win, and they have won. Yeah, and I, I sort of wrote this, and I won't because we'll probably discuss it later. Yeah, but, but sort of like the opening start of of my um, of my sort of coaching tape piece this week was. Uh, that Jared Goff looks like a professional quarterback and who would have thought of that last season and yeah. that really is the case and I think everybody's focused on the offence and that's rightly so because Sean McVay has done, done a, a great job in turning that around but he was also really canning I think in hiring Wade Phillips and that defence it took a couple of weeks for him to get used to his, his scheme but mm. the defence is playing really well and you know that helps because the um, the Rams know that they can try things. If it doesn't work, they can punt the ball and rely on the defense to um, hold up. Yeah. Um, what do you think of uh, on the other side of, uh, of the ball on the on the uh, the Cardinals side? What, what do you think? Uh, what do you think to Arizona's season? It's uh, they've got to be a bit disappointed, I suppose, at five and seven. They've got to be disappointed, but with David Johnson going down so early with yeah. injury, with Carson Palmer going down. The offensive line hasn't played so well. The defense actually hasn't been that bad. It's been a solid enough unit, but it feels like the offense has fallen over. And I'm just not sure at what point do they stop sort of reloading, you know, one more season when we think we can win the Super Bowl and they have to start building for slightly longer term. And I think the question of who is going to play quarterback is going to loom because if Carson Palmer doesn't retire, I think everybody's sort of expecting him to. But, you know, it can't be long. And. I've heard some people talking about the fact that you know they're wondering if if Bruce Arians is just looking at the challenge of turning um, Blaine Gabbert into um, his next quarterback, but it feels like that there's going to be um, a few changes in the off season. I think you're probably right. Um, one game that was uh, between two of the two of the two of the form teams in the league, the, the Saints and the Panthers. Uh, Saints they lost last week, I believe, but uh, but that was the first loss in. A long, long time. Uh, they won this week, thirty-one points to twenty-one. Um, it was a divisional match. Saints are now top of the uh, division at nine and three. Panthers are eight and four in uh, in the in the NFC South. I think these two teams are going to make the uh, make the playoffs, aren't they? Yeah, I think we've been saying it for a little while. The Saints defense uh, has really turned around this year. They were missing a couple of corners last week, and so I think they struggled a bit, but. Um, they the defense has has given them enough, and then the offense has really come round. And mm. there's some I'm still hearing some people say that Drew Brees isn't quite the same Drew Brees as he was a couple of years ago. But with the running game he's got, he's got more than enough for this team to win. And yeah, I think they're sailing into the playoffs. Yeah, I mean Alvin Kamara has has been something of a of a revelation, hasn't he, this year at, uh, as as a, as a rookie. 
yeah, he's he's been amazing in space and has formed a great duo with Melvin Ingram. And the, the thing, the interesting thing for me is that I've not had a chance to read why he's been compared to Bruce Lee by one of his teammates. But it, it, it's <laughs> sort of an eye-catching headline, if nothing else. But he has played really, really well. And it's kind of fun that a part of the Saints' um, offense seems to be just get the ball to Kamara any old how in space and then watch him, you know, make, make something happen. Yeah. Uh, and the... Uh, the- uh, Carolina Panthers, they uh, they they themselves. Obviously, they lost this one, but they they're, they're themselves looking looking fairly sharp, aren't they? A lot sharper yeah, I mean, than I thought they would be at the beginning of the season when they didn't didn't play a snap with uh, uh, with Cam Newton until until week one. Well, they really weren't very sharp at the start of the season. Uh, the defense has been playing well all season. It feels like, and I've said season about six times in two seconds there. <laughs> but you know, the defense has been playing well right from the get go. But the offense, I think basically turn around when they admitted to themselves that they weren't going to be able to turn Cam into a pocket passer and so they've done more of allowing Cam to run the ball I think they've tried to do less powers and tried to make sure that um, rather than running headfirst into the defence he's getting out of bounds and sliding but it wasn't really until they started to let him run more and he you know in some weeks has been their most effective runner that the offence has worked but it still seems to be a bit stop start at times yeah, and that's it. it, it and the, but they, I, I think they, I think they're uh, like I say, I think they're going to the playoffs themselves. I think they will be the wild cards, but I think they're, I think they, I think they're going to make it. I would pretty much say so. Yeah. Um, I also think both of the the teams in the uh, in in the late game are probably going to make it as well. The uh, the Seahawks and the uh, Philadelphia Eagles uh, met on Sunday. The Seahawks came away with a win on this one, so it's only the Philadelphia Eagles' second loss of the season. What a oh, what a what a failure of a season for the Eagles then. Yeah, but it was <laughs> it was interesting that people before this game were sort of saying that, you know, this was the game that the Eagles needed. And I think it perhaps was just because it was very much a team that's a young team that's been playing well coming up against a real battle hardened, scrappy team, being to the playoffs, new to, you know, big game experience and the defence really balled out in this game considering that they're missing two thirds of a legion of boom and it wasn't always pretty, but they got the job done on defense. And then on offense, um, it would appear that if you have Russell Wilson, um, Doug Baldwin, and Jimmy Graham to kick, catch balls in in the red zone, then you can manufacture an offense no matter who else is playing. Yeah, yeah, they, uh, they, they I think they're, uh, they're they're still looking good. I mean, the the, the for me, the the Eagles are. Uh, it's, it's difficult to look past them for uh, for at least the latter rounds of the uh, of the playoffs. I think this legitimately poses questions. But Wentz played well. It wasn't like he froze yeah. in the big lights. It was actually quite a good game for miraculous quarterback plays. And mm. um, well, it's uh, eight and four. The Seattle Seahawks themselves aren't aren't uh, aren't looking too shabby. No, I'm I'm really very impressed. And I you know I perhaps shouldn't be um, particularly surprised uh, as um, Pete Carroll has had a lot of success with this team but I really did think that maybe that the injuries in the secondary would, would do for them and maybe it will but given how the Eagles have played all, all, all season this is you know it's a statement that maybe the Seahawks aren't going anywhere mm, yeah it's, yeah spot on I think uh, I think they're, uh, they're, they're, they're going to be there there or thereabouts um, well uh, Dan of the future I suppose can uh, can, can fill us in on how, how your game uh, went on uh, on Monday night does yeah. he have to? He, he, he does. Well, you, you don't know. It could be a good thing. We, we'll, we'll find out. Dan, how did the uh, the Bengals get on against the Steelers?
Thanks both. Yeah, in a uh, particularly injury hit game, the Bengals uh, lost 20 points to 23 to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, the Bengals were, did, were doing pretty well. They uh, were winning for quite a lot of this game, but then in the uh, in the last seconds, uh, a kick from the uh, from the Steelers uh, put this game beyond uh, the Bengals' reach. Some uh, quite a lot of uh, injuries in this game, particularly from uh, Ryan Shazier, who uh, suffered a, a spinal contusion in uh, during this one. But uh, yeah, there was there was a fair old few injuries uh, throughout the game. Uh, no news yet on. Uh, the status of Eli Manning so uh, yeah you'll probably know more than I have back to you well that was interesting how interesting was that I was surprised were you surprised I was very surprised (laughs) I suppose I haven't had uh, it's another one I've not had chances to to seamlessly put this uh, this in but uh We've got a uh, another in, in what's now being being referred to by my dad as G's extra point. I might come up with some, <laughs> I might come up with some sort of jingle or something. But uh, I quite like that as a title. It, yeah, that, that that could stick. It could. He's he's giving you another. Uh, you got another trivia question. Um, I didn't get this one. This one took. I I, I again was uh, was guessing, but uh, I think you might have a bit more uh, more luck at getting this than uh, than I did. But. Uh, which NFL team uh, features a helmet decal on only one side of the helmet? And which side? Ooh. Well, I know it's the Pittsburgh Steelers, absolutely. Like 110%. Okay, I'm not even going to pretend then. Yes, it was the Pittsburgh Steelers, yeah. What I, uh, umming and ahhing about, and I'm now trying to imagine it in the game, I'm going to guess the right-hand side? Oh, that's your there. G has got his, his, that's, he's got his extra two points there. Well, well that, that will be the two-point conversion. Two-point conversion. Like, and in fairness to me, that is in division. So, you know, I see them t- twice a season. Yeah. And, you know, it is one of the famous things about the Steelers. That's it. Well, apparently a while back, they uh, they had the logo on, on just one side and after hit a bit of a, uh, a winning streak and decided to, to just keep it on, on one side. So, uh, yeah, well done. Two-point conversion. It's a fair Right, it's time to have a look at the uh, the blog and what uh, what G's been writing. Not only this week with the uh, with the picks uh, a, a blog exclusive, um, but also uh, you've uh, you've written a couple of uh, good pieces. First one was about uh, micromanagement within the league, wasn't it? Yeah, um, I was trying to look at um, it was something that Michael Wilbon um, said. I think on PTI, although he does crop up on a couple of other podcasts I listen to. But he was um, talking about um, what's going on with these um, coaches when you know they're incredibly prepared. They put a lot of hours in and they make some decisions that are really head scratching. And he was specifically referring to the um, whole Peterman incident in Buffalo, mm. but given that we had the whole Eli Manning benching breaking out at the time as well I just thought it was interesting that these are incredibly detailed people who you know put plans for the entire season and they know what practice are going to run when and no plan survives like first contact with the real world and I just thought it was interesting that there has to be some flexibility in but I just wonder with all the extra decisions that you didn't realize you were going to have to make all the stuff that comes at them, what's going on with their staff and everything else, why I feel like it's much more complicated than we often think. And even someone like Ben McIndoe, I can, I can actually have a fair amount of sympathy, even though it's clearly gone spectacularly wrong in New York. And I just wanted to explore that a little bit, really. So the Amateur Adventures in, in Film as well also uh, had a look at the uh, the LA Rams and uh, more specifically Jared Goff. Well, yeah, it was sort of looking at Goff, but um, looking at the defense, the defense, the offense, and how it how it's put together. And the thing that 
yeah, the headline was Goff looks like a professional quarterback. Now, there was some interesting sort of footage that came out about the Rams deliberately lining up early enough that um, that, that Sean McVay could take a look at the um, defense and call in an audible. Um, if required, and I, I feel like you know certain defenses might be taking advantage of this, and certainly there was lots of discussion about this going on. But the, the, the thing for me was that it wasn't that Goff was spectacular, but he looked very competent in an offense that was put together really well, and there was lots of play fakes um, and, and runs and motions, and they were using Tafon Austin in a package, and he's still not what you would call a number one receiver. He's, he, but he lines up at running back, he comes mm. in motion, and so he does enough of that that you have to honour that when they're playing, and so that gives you something else for the defence to account for, and you see stack receivers all the time, which allows them to run releases, and you'll even see it where a... Um, they'll line up receiver close to the formation so that the tight end on that side can come out and basically run the same kind of stacked uh, routes where you've got one receiver going straight up and another one breaking in underneath and that stretches or stresses the defence and so Goff can get the out and he throws throws a nice ball and it's just a really nicely well run um, offence that's that's doing doing job and I'm really looking forward to seeing what extra layers Sean McVay can put on in the coming seasons as I think he'll get those coming seasons given how well they're playing and and I wonder how far Goff can develop and what this will be look like in next season the next season because I think um, it's a really fun to thing to look at and I suspect I should be watching it for a couple more years yet yeah um, well I think you've kind of hinted at it but very very quickly what are you uh, planning looking at this week I really do think I might take a look at Jimmy G um, uh, and and what he did with the San Francisco 49ers this week. And then, because my only other consideration was what's going on with the um, Chiefs offense. But I I think I'm going to go Jimmy Garoppolo and then I have to pick a defense thing to look at because I'm I'm slightly worried about myself now. I agree, I agree. Uh, Yeah, I'm turning into you and being obsessed with with offensive football, but it's been really interesting these last few weeks looking at the way different teams approach um, playing offense in, in the current NFL I've not had you look at any kickers yet so uh, don't worry um, <laughs> we'll, uh, for all of that and much more uh, make sure you uh, stay tuned to the blog it's uh, at thewrongfootball.com oh, I felt that one way up here well that's all we've got time for this week thanks very much for listening if you've uh, liked what you've heard please do remember to uh, give us a like a subscribe and a review through whatever medium you procure your podcasts it uh, really does help us to get into as many pairs of ears as we possibly can uh, we're back to normal next week thank god but uh, we're going to be having a look at uh, week 14 uh, and uh, also uh, making our picks for week 15 as well so the picks will be back next week uh, and hopefully by that point I've maybe picked up a, uh, a few points on you um, in the meantime make sure you check out thewrongfootball.com for more from the mind of G and remember if you want to get in touch with us you can uh, either drop us an email to tdwfpodcast at outlook.com or find the G or myself on Twitter at wrongfootball or at tdwfdam thanks again for listening and we'll see you again next week I need more lemon and honey <laughs>